It's not a competition, but then again, everything is. Like trying to have a conversation, and afterwards asking who wins. Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life. Might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal. You're here. You did it. You're here. You're consuming culture. We're part of that. We're grateful. Half of the the roster here at the CCCAH is sick, down, bad. And um, this half over here would just like to know what makes you so good, eh? What makes you so clean cut and um, able to get away from this cold and healthy and how? How'd you do it? You're talking to me? (laughs) <laughs> yeah you <laughs> i thought you were still talking to the listener no, i get listen- confused hey, some in, of my, the list- in my healthy not got the 10 week cold that everyone else has got yeah. over christmas yeah. phase of my life yeah um but as i say that you know what's gonna happen i've, I've been ill on the pod before you have, time i you could have. barely talk but that was mainly because of screaming at oily men in a wembley stadium but who who, who knew does that who knew that did, that's did the thing. listeners remember the oily men in wembley stadium if you don't, just... Probably not the new listeners. And we actually have a new listener. I was told that they're like, oh, I listen to your New Year's special. Should... And I was like, no boy, if you like the specials. <laughs> <laughs> then check out more of them because we got loads of so, specials. So we <laughs> so we actually need to do the 30 second Let's do the 30 second game. Do you want to shout today. out the new listener by name or just because we should... I don't, I don't know if they're no, they they happy about that. So we'll, I'll, I'll check check back in with but them. But you know what? I like the idea what? of our, our gradual audience growth being so gradual that we could shout out one new listener per week by actual I, I, name. It's, 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 it's averaging about 5% of listener growth every four to six weeks, Jeez. which when you're on 15 is not many listeners. Yeah, listen, that's fine. Um, but we are here to explain what the podcast is about, first and foremost. So trying to track back through all the specials we've done. We've been in a vortex of specials, New Year's specials, Christmas specials, uh, your mum is special. I'm sure she is. Wow. Um, and so <laughs> this week, we have 30 seconds to explain what a regular episode of the Triple CAH is all about. And I would love for you to do the honours, Christopher. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm happy to do that. Are you putting any extra zazz on the on the thirty second game? <laughs> I am putting a bit of extra zazz on the game. So today you are explaining to a new listener what your podcast is about, but you are also explaining to them why, even though they are suffering from the the ten week cold and they are a bit under the weather, this is the perfect listening material while they are indeed under the weather. You got thirty seconds. Explain the pod for our listener under the weather. Go. So you're in bed, you're under covers, you've got a massive headache, you've got snot dribbling out your nose, you can barely breathe, and you're coughing and spluttering everywhere. What you really need is two friends that have been friends for a very long time that just want to shove content in each other's faces. But they're not just going to do that, they're going to do that, and then review that content, and then score that content, and then guess what that friend's score is at the end of consuming and reviewing that content and then eventually someone will win at the end of the day and that's the perfect little bit of medicine you need wow i mean ever since in our finale of last season when you would stop with the clock having like 80 seconds left and we'd be like so (laughs) you started timing it very nicely um you're going with the clock i i enjoyed that and that was good going with the clock and i i felt very attered so maybe I should start consuming the product because it felt very directed towards my spluttering, coughing ass who needs something to perk me I up. Directed it at the coughing and spluttering that you told me to. This is I'm this is gonna... true. This is true. Now this week, um, it's been a while since we haven't done a special like on the reels, not just making fun of ourselves. So let me just do a quick, you know, pre-production little checklist on the air so the listener can sort of see behind the curtain. Do you have your your scores? Do you have your guesses? 
Yes, I have my scores for the Saturday Night Live 25th anniversary special. Yes. And I have my guesses for you consuming Welcome to Wrexham, season two, episode six and 11. Yes, six and 11. I was like... Did you consume the right season and episodes? I did. And I saw very quickly there's a thematic link there. So it all made sense. But yeah, I I will be honest. The first time I was like, I can go off memory, scrolling through season one. Why aren't any of these looking familiar? And then I had to (laughs) go back to your messages um, to remember. So should we we get straight to to Welcome to Wrexham? Because we're already sort of talking about it. It's season two, episodes six and 11. Should we do that, Christopher? We can do. We can do. We can do. do We can do. So I'm coming in. Cold AF, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen Ryan. No, Reynolds. you're not. You've consumed clips on Gogglebox. This is true. This is true. <laughs> it gets colder at this point. I, I texted you yesterday. Christmas is officially over because I saw the Gogglebox's watching um, Jingle All the Way, um, a Christmas bumper edition of Gogglebox. By the way, a nice chunky hour and a half. That's some good content right there. But um, you're right. I watched a little bit, and I'm very, very well aware it's funny how sometimes you're just very well aware of something through being on the internet and i can't even tell you why it must be clips on twitter or someone saying something on somewhere else and i just know that ryan reynolds is always doing something because i'm always listening to stuff that shouldn't involve ryan reynolds and ryan reynolds is there and hey nothing against ryan reynolds but i didn't know you were going to be here bro so hi you're you're flogging a drink or how you're a really good person because you invest in this or that and you're married to blake lively and this is all stuff that i rate you for good for you um and I remember what we were in a, where were we? We were in a Morrison's and we were having a bit of a Ryan Reynolds debate. Did we ever put that to bed? And I was like, I think my point was without Deadpool, man's got nothing. <laughs> and hey, he's got Deadpool. So he's got something. Um, and he's got Free Guy. Free Guy is a brilliant oh, movie. Mate, I remember you loving Free Guy. I was like, that is such a Christopher Love the movie movie. If ever I've seen one. That's like Yes Man, isn't it? It's, yeah. But it falls into that category. Uh, yes Man. <laughs> hey, if you want to expand the category... This is how old school we get with throwing stuff at each other and doing the show before we had a show. Do you know what it reminds me of? You're not going to agree with this. <laughs> but that category of like Chris being super forgiving and liking some shit, which is fun because I like some shit. Um, but like, I remember you really liking old dogs. Do you remember old dogs? I think <laughs> I only oh. watched that in the cinema and I enjoyed it because I was with friends. Oh. I think that's a fair that's answer fair. to old dogs. I forgot <laughs> old dogs even existed and i only know one of the three main characters off the top of my head who's in that movie John and even then one. that's the one yeah, same <laughs> oh man that needs to get pitched one day all the things that need to get pitched so anyway i'm coming in a bit cold but i know him and rob from it's always sunny bought a soccer team and i'm saying mm-hmm. soccer because i'm an arsehole because they didn't they bought a football team come on jeff pick a side you're a british and mm-hmm. a lot of people feel a lot of ways about it and I mean, it's good, harmless fun. It's a good time. I've always been a, occasionally. I'm gonna get round to it. It just didn't jump up there. I think you last week were saying your your anticipation scores were plummeting because of how long it took me to even watch the damn thing. Listen, yeah, a bit of a. This is gonna be interesting when we come to guesses. Bit of a write off there due to Christmas and all of the stuff. And I think you were thinking, yeah. hey, you need content for. But bruv, sometimes when you're traveling, because I had quite a traveling holiday, it's like, it's it's very. Sometimes you just want to watch season nine. Of <laughs> season nine. <laughs> Don't bring it up because we got into quite a texting debate about the, the <laughs> pros and cons of season nine of Friends. But hey, I did watch it and it, and I'll just put it out there to give it, this a bit of an overarching perspective. The second I started the next episode, I was like, oh, okay, I see what Christopher has done here. He has given me, and you can clear this up a bit, the two episodes yeah. that seem to be about the Wrexham women's team. Is that correct? correct? Out of the whole two seasons, these are the only two? They're not like the only oh. two, but they're the two like... I think it gets referenced and it gets brought up, but this is two that are completely dedicated. They barely, I mean, there's barely, barely any Ryan and Rob yeah. compared to other episodes. There's bits of Ryan and Rob, but, um, or Mac and Deadpool, yeah. however you want to yeah. refer them to them. Um, but it's the, the pure focus is on these teams, these girls and their commitment and the sort of context of which they're. Yeah. And for me, it, what, what I like about this show mm. and, for for whatever anyone wants to think about it, mm. is that Rob and Ryan are committed to the individuals mm. in the teams that they're committed to the town. They're committed to improving it all and doing it all organically as they need to do that. Yes, yes they've invested money. Yes, but so does everyone. Yes, and for any for any business, but you can see that they they really care. And what I like is that while yes, it follows a lot of the men's team and it follows a lot of the the glory that they're having. 
you can really see not just in these two episodes but a lot of other episodes the impact it actually has on individuals lives and the changes it's making to them there were so many other episodes in season two that i could have shown to you just because just shows it follows one fan and the impact that football's had on on him um and the fact that he became famous because of season one and there was a fan that they followed and his his relationship with his son he split up from his the son's mum and he oh. and just like the and how important football is and the team is to that individual yes and they're just very good at telling those stories through this documentary mm. um which is something that even in some of the sincere always sunny episodes which are few and far between yeah. it's something that i think and even mythic quest as well it's something that rob mcelhenny does wow, very well okay. in storytelling so, so there, there is storytelling elements to it but I just thought that these two were just two episodes. It, it would probably catch you off guard from the start it did. because I think it just starts with um, a girl called Rosie Hughes yes. and just walking into prison and it's her job as, as a prison manager. Yeah. But yet she has this whole other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> story that then unfolds afterwards. Yeah, the opening was so good. Um, firstly, I do want to bookmark that you think there is actually a, a narrative stylistic tie-in with other work by Rob, which is super interesting. Yep. But um, yeah, it opens with... A female prison guard and telling you about her life and her job and i was very like i came here for the football where's the football this is very uh, i've been caught off guard here because it got like how is it going to tie back into the football is she related to one of them like i didn't know you mm. did quite a, a nice job of like not giving me details on it so when it turns out that rosie hughes this prison guard manager is actually the top goal scorer for wrecks and women that was a very nice transition very smooth very silkily done and she's a beast of a player and yes um i i like how um uh they they literally transitioned to her being one-on-one with a keeper and going around i love a goal like that that was the that was the only type of goal i used to be good at put me anywhere outside the penalty box it's just not happening i have to dance inside so i love that oh later on <laughs> when they were having highlights they even had a nice clip which i'm sorry but non-football people just watching a show would like this where the camera stayed on her as she mm. as she shot and then it showed her celebrating. Like, you don't always need to... Like, just show me that we know yeah. she scored. And I really enjoyed that. She's such a lively personality. And this show did what all reality shows should do. It got you invested in the people. Yes. It did make me think... Jeff, Jeff loves people. Oh, mate. I'm a big, big people person. Only in content. Don't come at me in real life. I don't <laughs> need... I don't have any leftover investment. I've given it all to the imaginary people and the phantoms and the content. But Rosie Hughes is just a lass of a girl. She's so cool. I love that... The kids chanting her name had a, I can't remember the full chant, but it's the one that ends with, I just don't think you understand. That gets in your head. Yeah. Such a, an earworm of a chant. Um, and that's the, the, that's the equivalent chant of Paul Mullins, who's the uh, men's top goal scorer as well. The, it's the exact same. They, the they've checked, they've, they've they swapped the names around. So there's lots to say about this episode, and I don't know quite how to pick through it. It's really good. It's really good hearted. It's warm. Like, I don't know why. Maybe you can explain this to me because you were just explaining what's so almost not quite altruistic or charitable, but like what's quite moral of them doing this, right, for the community and the town and all this. But like, so can you explain this to me? Why Why was I a bit resistant and cynical? Is it just because they're big Hollywood names and it's actually quite simple? But I was like, it's taken a while for my cynicism to wear down here, and it did wear down. But it was, yeah. I was just like, why? I, I like these two. And surely the more celebrity mega attention comes to grassroots football and smaller scale football in this country that's a good thing but i i spent mm. the first half especially oh here was a moment rob came in for a team talk and i was like my guy you, you don't belong here what are you doing like it's kind of cute <laughs> yeah, you're not saying a couple of moments more like goals. Yeah. <laughs> i'm like my guy um but yeah again like and uh, i assume that you so so if if, didn't if, come if, in like if that? you ever if you ever get around to watching season one rob's yes. quite good at explaining his his mm thoughts and his reasons why he decided to do what he wanted to do in terms right. of buying a football team okay. and it and it's around his love of watching um american football with his dad right. and that was a connection that he had um and he loved that feeling especially when they won the super bowl and he wanted to somehow be able to take that feeling and give that feeling to others in a different community yeah. that may not be able to and then he looked into it and he found out about Wrexham, he, he, the story of Wrexham being a football league side for so long. And then however many years ago, dropping out of, of, of the football league and being an amateur team for as long as they've been. Mm. Um, but being like the second oldest football club in the UK or something like that. Um, he didn't have the money himself to invest. So he had to find someone. And then that's why he needed the Hollywood money. So he joke, oh. jokes about going to Ryan Reynolds and pitching the idea to him. 
and then all of that is then fed into what's happened okay, now. Hey, that's such a good so there is, there is, yeah, and, and explanation. Yeah. I was about to make a joke that, oh, so Ryan's just the, the eye candy here who brought the money, but that's literally kind of what it is. It's just a slightly sweeter. But, okay. um, <laughs> uh, Ryan um, slowly gets more and more invested mm. um, in the club. Um, over the two seasons in fact the Gogglebox episode that you watched oh. where they were showing clips was during Wrexham's FA Cup run last season where they had like a giant killing moment yes. and then Ryan like just walks into the, the team team dressing room and is just crying about how the players made the fans feel something that day wow. so you can see that he's got even more and more invested in the club as they've, as they've I can as see okay I, I mean there's a lot to love here there really is it's it's kind of it's Ted Lasso comes to life right i think i've discussed before basically. basically right i've discussed before about how much i'm just a sucker for anything transatlantic i just was in the states for for christmas and it just it it, it turned that that obsession up another notch i don't know what it is i guess it's having connections on both sides of the atlantic and having that you know the cultures are so similar yet so different and having any sort of love or or um exchange there is just super meaningful and special to me but in this show it feels like you just take Robin uh, uh, Ryan out and it's like, yeah, it's a football team. That's nice. And it's just something mm. about the whole story of investing a lot of money and trying to help the community and the way that they're, they're clearly, the team around it are clearly so good at making television. They highlight mm. these women. And another one of yeah. these women is a, is a very young lady called Gemma Owens, I think. And she lost her dad to suicide quite young and he used to be a big super no, fan. No, no, no. Lily, Lily Jones. Thank you. Thank about. you. I just caught that on the notes too. Yeah. That's a very nice catch there. Thank you for that. Lily Jones, um, super young. She's working as a kitchen porter, but also playing for the team. And her dad was a big fan. Probably one of the most wholesome moments where I'm like, even at my most cynical and not wanting to get into this, I would find it very hard to stay resistant as they show old clips of, um, her and her dad, watching along and filming the watch alongs and trying to get Robin Ryan's attention and stuff like that. And it's just how wholesome can you get really? And she's now playing for the team, but she's also working hard as a kitchen porter and doing lots of stuff. And she's still in school. And the girl is still at school. She's a, she is a young woman. She's such a young woman, yeah. but she's a really good player too. And I'm instantly like, I need only good things to happen to this girl, please. And it just, it won me over. You did your job very nicely. And then, um, you know, it always makes me think when you have a show like this, like, what about the people who also had interesting stories who just like didn't get chosen and were just like the bit part? You can't pick everyone, right? No. So like yeah, how no. they had like three to four, maybe five tops, including. So Gemma Owens is the one who's um, running the team. I've, I've wrote a note down that she's the head of everything. That's what she is. is a comment yeah, that, they that made. is a comment <laughs> that they made. They seem to love her and rate her. And it's really, really sweet to see. And she's also got her own. Everyone seems to have like such an affiliation with it in a personal relationship level where her husband yeah. is a is a former player also managing another uh part of the team they have lots of teams now here's where mm. i was like hold on is this actually a reality show or have they staged all of this i i wrote in my notes who is this trent crim motherfucker to, to and it was the who later is revealed to be one of the chairman because he's explaining something so eloquently and so charming are you talking about humphrey i'm talking about humphrey bro he's married to megan gantz hold on <laughs> excuse me but he's also his his he's he's married to megan gantz he he worked um on it's always sunny oh. and because he kind of knew stuff about football wow rob flew him over to help with the whole thing um, and is, is that all explained in the show that's explained in the beginning uh, of season one okay. it's sort of like um but yeah and he's he's basically there and i've written down he's there to give you the background and bring you up to speed on when things are going on because he does <laughs> at first i thought he, he was doing it so well i thought he was a journalist tremp crim <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a ted lasso a tad lasso shout for all of you out there and he's just so um yeah he just seemed very eloquent but then he was talking more about like we and us i made an, another yeah. note in my uh notes here does rob get football because he, he he told the whole story about women's football yes. why it did exist then it didn't exist because men were scared and then it came and then it wasn't until fa set up a committee in 1993 apparently and i was like 1993 was not that long dude ago, did apparently, you apparently it was it's 30 yeah, years ago I know, right? let's but, not get into that but <laughs> dude did you know that story and it was more popular than men's no. football back in the day i was finding all of that revelatory that's good stuff part of me was like yeah. i'm glad that you uh suggested the the twofer 
because now I'm mm. a big like the whole show should only be Wrexham women's. I don't know how the men's show could be any more dramatic or meaningful. This is so fucking cool. Um, There's even more fucking heartbreaking stories than that. Seriously, I tell you what, I've <laughs> cried a lot during. No, you haven't. I basically, I basically almost cried watching these episodes again. It's because wow. I have. <laughs> so for the listener, I think Christopher might have had to do a rewatch because we left it pretty late since the pitch to actually this recording. So even mm. on the rewatch, it got you in your feelings. What is Lily's story yeah, Lily's at the story. end of the second episode where she's looking to where her father used to sit and her mum's there crying and I'm like, oh God, I can't the, deal No, with the this. bit that got me, But yeah. the daughter holds it together so The daughter's well. the one. The daughter's the strong one. And she comes over when they win the big dramatic game, spoilers, at the end of the second episode you pitched, episode 11. Mm. And she comes over and she takes the flag, which is in tribute to her yep. dad. And she's crying, hugging everyone, but she's not crying. She's tears are coming out. Everyone else is like sobbing, but she's like holding it together and smiling through it and really happy. And she's just so strong and cool and awesome and mm. having gone through stuff. And uh, it's all a bit much, mate. Um, it's really good. Um, it's just something funny in my notes. Here. I mean, even... I, I, so, yeah, again, we're going to just jump around my notes. Jump. Even at the beginning of that episode, yep. I'm like, I literally wrote L- L- Lily's dad, Gareth Jones. He has a brick. So she walks up to the stadium where they're playing this game. So the, the beginning of this, the that episode, yes. they have their first women's game in uh, the race course, which is the main men's stadium. Yes. So they're doing it's the last game of their season. Yes. Um, if they win the game, they've won every single game of that season. Yes. Um, and they get 10,000 people there. But she walks up and she's like, this is the walk that I used to do with my dad. Yeah. And then she walks up to a brick that her dad bought to keep the, the club going and touches the brick. And I'm like, balling my eyes out before the episode's <laughs> even got going. Dude. I'm just like, oh, dear. Dude, the brick, man, that got me too. And it makes me think, <laughs> it's quite funny because I think, I can't remember whether it's on pod or off pod as I haven't consumed too many of our episodes. But we've discussed before how both of us fell into, you know, we're sort of out here children of Mm. at least you know one or two immigrants in the mixes there and like our dads weren't especially football crazy but we really Mm. got into football on our ones christopher is a manchester united supporter i'm a chelsea supporter Mm. and in this two episode little double bill you gave me like every person seems to have like a big connection to their dad through football and it's like a big part of it even um Later on in the episode, Rosie Hughes shows you a photo and says he was a big Wrexham su- supporter. That's kind of mm. why I stayed here. I was thinking that's probably not the best reason to stay. Like, if you should go, you should go. Mm. But anyway, it's like yeah. football support being around, like, we bonded over this. We bonded. Even you're saying Rob, right? So, like, it's yeah. quite a, a, an emotional, like, you know, people uh, who don't get sports can get quite dismissive of it. But, like, there's such deep roots in, like, your 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 familial connections when it comes to loving a sport or loving a team and these two episodes really showed that um i did write i want you to see if you can help me answer any of these questions does uh i have just su- suddenly a series of questions does rob get football i don't think i get football i don't get anything do i get anything so that was what i wrote i think at some point they must have been talking tactics and rob didn't seem to know anything and i was sort of like i've been watching football most <laughs> of my life at this point and i still don't really know anything about it um yeah, in the second, so basically the first episode setting up a lot of story, uh, but uh, a bit yeah. of football. But the second episode is where they actually win a big game, the playoff game, um, the playoff final against Britain Ferry. And dude, everything in me that's like, oh, I know narrative, I know story, and this is all a bit, you know, to a degree, mm. it's a bit paint by numbers. So like, they're gonna lose. I get, you know, they've only got six minutes left at the end. Me and you are big on like a narrative giveaway does come from how long left in an episode. And I was like, they don't have time to tell the glorious win now. They're gonna lose, and they yeah. didn't. They won the game, and it was really, really cute to to see all the celebrations. I guess maybe they could do it with that with only six minutes left because it's not the A story for the whole show, and it's the women's team, yeah. and it's a bit more, um, a bit more mini. But uh, the commentator with his I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the. Sorry, I enjoyed the yeah. Britain Ferry fans um, <laughs> chanting, you can shove your Ryan Ryan up your ass. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought was fun. That is fantastic. Um, and and um, Lily Jones um, said, oh, last night I was washing dishes in a pub and now Ryan Reynolds has picked me up and he's twirling me around on a pitch. And it's like just, just the, 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 the sheer contrast that they have from day to day in their lives. I just thought it was quite fascinating. It is fascinating. It's, I'm still... I'm, I don't know why I'm still a bit like, uh, I guess because you gave me a very specialist sort of double bill, yeah. right? That I'm, I'm like, do you, do you think it's still tonally a good representative of the whole show? I, I think it is. I think it is. And I, I think there are some other really good episodes. There are some episodes that are literally just purely about um, the history of the town. Yeah. And that's a whole episode. And I can imagine some people going, oh, 
but they're the ones that are really sort of deep and meaningful like it's got um Wrexham is a big mining town or was a big mining right. town and it had a big mining disaster and there was a whole episode just about that wow. and the impact it had on the town and the city and how football was there to pick pick people up and things like that so it's kind of it they do i think they do a really good job i, I struggled with it during the first season because i was trying to get where they were trying to pitch it yes. and i think they were also are we trying to be funny are we trying to tell oh, a story but i feel yeah. like they've i feel like they've now fit their their sort of groove of how they tell the story and it's really well done Oh, okay I so I, I like that you know listen that that's always a theme with our favorite tv shows where you find your your rhythm eventually and stuff like that here's one interesting mm. thing is when i went to visit american relatives over the christmas you know what they're a big fan of like the new we are newcastle sunderland till i die like a bit more of the like like they don't need the americans to make it novel and fun they're just like let me show the real nitty-gritty british britishness of it all and i was just wondering if mm. you've dipped into those shows at all for a contrast i watched the i think i watched the first season of sunderland until i die and that was brilliant yeah everyone was super it was, hyped it was so pitched i think it was because it was so pitched of them going down to the championship and then getting promoted and ended up on them getting relegated again yes i think that that's they'll never ever reach that peak of that first season ah, i might be wrong okay. i never watched the others um um, I, I will never watch We Are Newcastle. Okay, but hey, <laughs> Sunderland Till I Die I heard really good things about, so that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've watched a couple of, I watched. I think I watched the Man City oh, yeah. one on Prime, yeah. which I can't remember what it was called. Um, that was really good. Just really seeing that, although Pep Guardiola has um, been given every paintbrush he needs <laughs> to tell his, tell his story, yeah. um, you can still see the amount of effort he puts in and that they put in to make sure that they are as good as they yes. are, which I, I found quite useful. Yeah. I also enjoyed the Spurs one for the one season that Mourinho was there. That oh, was yeah, I've never watched watch that. that one. See, there's suddenly such yeah. a such a full list. I feel like for years, I would really have a, like, I'm super at my height of enjoying football, and I would, like, really mm. want, you know, my favourite, shoulder content, all the documentaries. And they're actually, at least when I used to look, like, five, ten years ago, there actually weren't many, like... I remember there's like a Graham Taylor managing England one. There's quite there's two or three Brian Clough ones. Mike Bassett, <laughs> the classic <laughs> Mike Bassett film. But there wasn't much, and now I feel like in the last ten years, I mean, we've got three seasons of that um, team in Richmond as well. We got three seasons of that team in Richmond from Ted Lasso. <laughs> I I think am I right in saying that it be all began because it's still like a signature like sports media moment for me is. Brendan Rogers revealing that like one player in this list of cards I have isn't going to be on the team in the season. It was called being Liverpool, right? I swear that was like I think so, yeah. 2009 or something crazy like that. I, I think Sterling mm. still played for Liverpool at the time. But anyway, it's just quite funny how whether it's the Amazons of the world or whatever, they finally realised, oh, just having these teams do their thing already, which they're already doing, and we just mm. are around them and inside them so to speak um we can just get a lot of content and money and make good dramatic programs I'd love <laughs> i would both equally love yeah. and also never ever want to see yeah. what the fuck has been going on in man united for the last <laughs> well that's years, what i was to gonna say honest. it's quite interesting historically i, mean, I, I feel like if, if that documentary <coughs> came out jesus christ it'd be a bunch of people just walking around bumping into each other <laughs> not sure what the fuck they're meant to be doing and like guy walking to the office going who are we buying this year i don't know ask the manager he, he might have an idea dude <laughs> i don't know it's just yeah as a, as a united fan even i am a bit up to date with how all of you are a bit uh, concerned and a lot has been going on recently but yeah historically speaking in the culture of these football mm. teams whatever season just gets picked for arbitrarily i don't know financial mm. reasons or because another company has yep. reached out and then it turns out this really interesting period for your team just didn't get a show whereas you know, the city winning the title season did a hundred times over or mm. whatever. It's, it's, it's quite interesting, but Wrexham, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad now that my relationship with the show will be you introducing it to me and sort of telling me that it was a whole Rob thing and Rob and his dad, because it makes a lot more sense now. It does. The show has a heart. I wonder how much, and is this explained too? It's a bit meta, I guess, but like, does he say how much even in wanting to make the team thing a thing and invest in the team did he know he wanted to make a show out of it like how important was that to the whole thing i i feel like that's part of the investment yeah because yes they're yes they're hollywood people but to actually invest and buy a football club costs a lot of money yes so yes 
Ryan Reynolds and the companies he owns yes. sponsor it as a as a means of doing whatever they need to do to get money into it. The show is part of a way of getting money into the right. club. Right, the show is... Um, th- and even there's a clip yeah. of, um, what's her face? Blake Lively. Blake Lively with, with her sponsor. With her fizzy fizzy water or whatever, sponsoring the girls' yes. team or whatever. It's just ways to... Betty Buzz. Keep it sustainable. Yeah, Betty Buzz. I did <laughs> <laughs> So I love that take. But I love all the names of the other Welsh teams, like Connors oh, Queen. Oh, mate. And when, you're, when, you're, when you're Trent Crimboy... <laughs> and Rill started trying to explaining the Adran League to me. I was like, bro, what are we doing? <laughs> I do not have room in my brain. Like he started showing a graph and I was like, I appreciate this is for like, this is exactly for me. Who was too dumb to get it. So you need to put up a graphic and I still wasn't getting it. I was just like, I'm not giving it. It was a pyramid. It was That's a pyramid. That's what it was. It was a pyramid. <laughs> and it explained, I don't know, something about playoffs. But um, anyway, we do have to get to guesses should... and scores. Um, we do some because some of us need to get back. Some of us have things to do, and I guess I got to say, uh, you know, I'm not. It's not to with what you just said to my question about how much was the show part of it. Not a good thing or a bad thing, but it's become one of the signature observations of this show. And I've got to say it mm. as a summation to my review: the show is the contentification of the Wrexham football team. And yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad or both. Probably both. My scores will respond after I get your guesses. <laughs> you were so close. Just that it's been a while. Caught myself. Um, so, I think your anticipation score was a two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Purely on how long it took you to get round to it, which must have meant you weren't that excited about it. And if it's anything higher, you're lying. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going with a two out of five for that. Nice. Your enjoyment. Yeah. I'm going four. Okay. I think I think you had a good time. You got suckered yep. in. You were following them around. You were watching Rob McElhenney on the sidelines on a muddy pitch, just watching the girls' yep. team play, which I thought was even a sight to see. Um, yep. And then I think your retrospect is going to be a four as well. Ooh. So I've got two, four, four. Wow, you are one off. So oh. you're an early leader today, which you always are if you go first, I suppose. But um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I was two, four, three. Just oh, you you came back down to a three. You know what it is? It is the recording times. I think afterwards I was a two four four, then a couple of days passed, and I was like, Yeah, you know what? Um I still need more convincing. The the women's mm. if that was the show and it was a women's show, well, I'm like, there's still the men are gonna need to convince me. You're saying it's just as but heartbreaking you're, and nice. You're you're reviewing the two episodes I gave you. This is you're true. Not reviewing the whole This of is what true. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the retrospect just dropped in terms of like that was fun, but like it was it was yeah, it was a good fine. time and it's like salt burn the longer you're away from it the you, the more you realize it was fucking weird <laughs> would you like to elaborate on where that comes from that analogy nope. okay fantastic <laughs> i'm sure the listener at some point in the journeys you are on in 2024 hey, it's already on the streamings man it could be a pitch near it could be coming to a pitch near coming you. to a pitch near <laughs> us hey salt burn is like such a um incendiary thing on the socials so it's definitely getting pitched soon i can't I can't imagine it stays away. Um, I can tell you, I won't be watching it again. Well, you're not, um, for sure. Even if you picture, no. you can remember enough. You're not doing a rewatch. I remember <laughs> enough. <laughs> hey, to be fair, it's the first episode in a while we actually have pictures at the end, so I'm quite excited. Um, next, this is true. Right? Next up, we have Saturday Night Live, the 25th anniversary. And my boy took a hot minute to watch it, and your other boy, yours truly me, did pitch something that's two hours and 41 minutes long after I was critiqued, chastised, and um, just taken to task, really, for pitching nothing but things from the late night and sketch comedy world of the United States of America. Christopher, at the beginning of your review, can I just put a disclaimer out there? I've been getting a lot of noise about, hey, we're staying in the late night mold. Take me out. Take me out. And it was only yesterday, just sort of thinking about how we're recording today, I was like, oh, it's like all the american comedy stuff together because i was like this isn't late night this is it's it's on late at night but it's sketch comedy that's different to late night and i was like wait they're I guess... streets away from each other yeah exactly <laughs> the streets they're full ass avenues away but hey in uh if you're not as in the weeds as you and i have been into certain kinds of comedy this literally might just feel like we're reviewing the same shit over and over so fair enough but hey this might be the pinnacle and this might be where we get off the or train finally. No, 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 it probably is. I mean, because even I had to do a rewatch for the first time in years. And this, this is a, this is a beefy boy of an episode of television. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you took forever to watch it. Did you, did you break it up in any 
and he can't. I had to. Yeah, you had to. You had to. <laughs> you know, I physically had to because I didn't have two hours and forty-one minutes alone at any point over the last Christmas, New Year's, whatever hey, just happened. But the kind of show it was super easy to break up. No, do 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 tell. They broke it up themselves. Exactly. In fact, I'm tempted yeah. literally just to read my notes from start to finish and see how we get on sure where um i was gonna say where are they but you i put mine up in our little google doc and you hide yours you're clever well because you know spoilers. spoilers um so for those who don't know saturday night live yes. is a show we've reviewed before on yeah. here um it's a sketch comedy show yeah um from the us that's on a saturday night and it's live um it's been running for i think now close to 45 years Um, something like that coming up to maybe (laughs) but guess what 20 years ago 49 seasons imagine 49 49 jesus christ so So, back in 1999 they had a 25 year anniversary special which jeffrey thought i should watch um (laughs) So these are a bunch of older cast members yeah. that are now probably famous for other reasons like Ghostbusters and or playing a donkey. Yes. No, not playing a donkey. No. Uh, maybe playing Eddie a Murphy comes in later, yeah. Yes. I did not confuse him with Chris Rock again. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. You Wait, actually didn't. Does Chris Rock does Chris Rock not play some sort of cartoon animal somewhere? He's, he's a in Madagascar. Hamster. Is he not no, he's a guinea pig, no? In Doctor Doolittle? Chris Rock is a guinea pig in Doctor Doolittle? No. Please tell me I'm right. Uh, yeah. Yes. He's cool. Rodney. Anyway. Rodney the guinea pig. You're right. Fair play. So, wow. The, the that structure is a, of that the is show, a trivial I... reach right there. Congrats. <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud of you or ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> so, the structure of this show, yep. and I like a structure, did help yes. me. So, effectively, their um, old cast members come out, do little monologues. Yep. They introduce... Um, periods of time yes. so it basically goes well here's a highlights package from 1975 to ni- 1980 yes. here's a highlights package from 1980 to 1985 so sort of bill murray comes out and kicks off with some sort of casino gag that i presume he's done before right. i mean we'll, we'll circle yes. back round, but yeah he has done the casino gag yeah, yeah, before yeah. with paul schaefer from the letterman show on the piano yet yeah. more late night association so i can't really say what yeah. i just said earlier um, but I did enjoy it because he uh, reads Michael Douglas and his then wife. Um, They're still married. Catherine they? Zeta-Jones, shout out. Really? Yeah, I think so. I just assumed that... <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's a fair assumption. That's a fair assumption. <laughs> he was old then, so I, I just assumed. <laughs> <laughs> that he's only gotten older. That is another fair assumption. Yeah. And then I also wrote, is this sketch okay? Because Dan Aykroyd is playing a Native American. Yeah. I don't know. F- so a few moments I like got, that I... here or there, which is only to be expected. Yep. And then there's a lovely um, song that he's singing at the time. And at the end of it, he says, in the year 2025, yes. if network TV can survive and if Lorne Michaels is still alive, yep. then there will be a Saturday Night Which Live. Which I did th- think was a yeah. nice, nice thing. And it's true because we're very close to 2025. Exactly. It's kind of crazy still, yeah. that they're taught that... It's crazy. Yeah, they project occasionally to a, to a 50th anniversary. They do it later in the Robert Smigel penned uh, Saturday TV yeah. Funhouse cartoon where they're talking about another anniversary years from now and it's it's quite uh, surreal to be watching it in 2023. Yeah. Then Chris Rock comes out with his own little opening monologue um which I think has one of the funniest jokes of the whole night. Oh nice. What was that? So it was very early because yeah. he says I'm out here because someone had to do yeah. it which I thought that was funny. funny. And then he says and then he says 25 years on the air and everyone's like yeah 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 and then he goes four five. Yeah yeah that was and good. And I thought that was that was, that was great. Was really then he basically rinsed the audience and their terrible movies which I thought was quite good. Oh another good, good one. Yeah. And, but then I then I felt like a lot of these little monologues are really short. Oh super short. And they never Yeah. And a lot of these people didn't get into their groove. Can um, I ask? And then Tom Hanks can I ask? Go on. You've you've seen the 40th anniversary. Yes. Which to me is a bit cleaner and tidier. This was a bit more rough and ready. And yep. just rather than circle back, I'm just going to occasionally poke you and get to just one or more, two more comments yeah, out of fine. it. The uh, the Bill Murray opening. As mm. sort of the reason I pitched this, which I'm sure you can imagine, is it's almost the way Gogglebox is a bit of a hack to mainstream television. For me, this is a bit of a hack to a part of me wants to go back and watch every fucking episode. It's just hard to pull off. <laughs> and for me, this yeah. special kind of does make you feel like you've done that without having to do all the legwork. It's a really yes. good snapshot and collage of all those years, right? But it's mm. quite funny how even though I've watched the ad nauseum quite a few times, and I, some of the sketches I enjoy so much, some of the monologues the mm. same, but I always struggle, and I, I rate him as an actor so much. I always struggle with that Bill Murray opening. 
I'm like, I don't get why this is funny. <laughs> like, when you go to the audience, I found Dude, it really fun. As I was watching that, I was like, I have two hours <laughs> and 41 minutes of this. This best, it's best this pick best up. Pick up. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just to pick up on a on a point that you're saying yeah. there, in case we I don't get through the yes. notes because we don't have enough yes. time. Um, Gilda Radner oh, was her. married to I can't remember his name. Oh. Um, Willy Wonka. Oh, Gene Wilder. Yes. Yes. So that is a story that I found out, thought was sweet, then found out they both died and then cried. Oh, so like man. very me- immediately in my world when I f- thought that this woman is hilarious and brilliant. She is hilarious and brilliant. And then she married and then she married another hilarious and brilliant person. Oh. And then I found out that they're both dead and he was like, or th- she died and he was heartbroken yeah. or something yeah, yeah, along yeah. those lines. I was That's like, it. wow, in the space of like 90 seconds of finding out this whole thing, <laughs> I have now just... Hey, it's <laughs> just like it's... this whole love story and like calamity. It's like Romeo and Juliet happened in 90 seconds yeah. and I just found my... I didn't know how to deal with it. Dude, if it <laughs> comforts and consoles you and makes you feel in part of a brotherhood maybe someone is listening to this also hearing that information for the first time and also super upset because you're right yeah for me the main way i know so I about, about a lot of people that don't exist anymore dude, and i just didn't know what to do, didn't know what to do with this the, yeah the main way i know about gilda radner even john belushi who i've always heard about yeah a few sketches they show of him in this i'm like motherfucker was funny as fuck yep Right, and there's a few people, and yeah. yeah, and then really sadly that they've died. But just to sh- say, yeah, Bill Murray did bring it together with the audience interaction. That was really funny. But the whole, he's some sort of lounge singer, just doesn't hit for me. But you know what? Wasn't he? Yeah. Probably all except the cherry picked, really good sketches they picked. Um, probably so- a bulk of the stuff from the seventies doesn't hit the same because comedy ages no. weirdly. Yeah, so it does. fair enough. It does. So sorry. Keep, do do keep going. So then we got Tom Hanks, yes, who we I thought did a brilliant little audience questions bit. Tom, which I think was another Tom, Tom. I'm doing a John Lovitz impression because the whole monologue he, uh, John Lovitz, the comedian, was interrupting yeah. and trying to get him to say that he was the best cast member. And Tom is 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 brilliant. But we do have the who's who of the 1990s oh. in James Van Der Beek and Sarah Michelle Gellar being dude. there. Um, dude. Um, but we also have Christopher Walken um, and we have Victoria Jackson. I don't know. Yeah, she was a cast member. She was an SNL cast member. Oh, and she had a funny joke said, what happened what to happened me? What happened to me? Which was, was a good, well delivered. Dude, the James Van Der Beek, was- Sarah Michelle Gellar, I was like, these are my people. I'm so old, but these are my actual people. <laughs> I think uh, Christopher Walken, tell me if you remember, I think he got the biggest Brilliant. audience pop with his like, just rambling. The audience were yes. loving that. I could listen to Christopher Walken ramble all day. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't think I Literally, could, but I can. Just, just go on. Have you got an impression? Have we done impressions of Christopher Walken on here before? I, mean, I feel like we have. You can't I'll be shocked if we have do a Christopher Walken. He's sort of like uh, just talking, <laughs> but then he stops and he just has weird intervals and rhythms. I can only say the one word, which is watch. <laughs> watch. <laughs> just watch. Um, then, I, then we had a highlights package. Um, then we had Martin Short and Co., come out and then we had another highlights package then we had a john belushi package yeah. so they for the the <laughs> the cast members that have passed away yes um, they had their own little they, they they had little tributes or it was either a sketch or a highlights package for them then we had jerry seinfeld and david bowie or bowie i still we haven't still haven't decided no, how to another say episode. <laughs> um but i put this my my, my famous like emoji next to it because i think it was really fun just little interaction, which I thought was really, really quite funny good. between the two of them. Really good because um, do, do, do you do you remember? It was basically yeah. I can't remember. It was, it. it was so they they say oh then you know we're going to host the, the the season premiere next week of the new season, and he's like mm. Jerry goes to David, are you going to play changes? And Barry's like yeah, are you, you going to do your sock bit? And Jerry's like yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's the Eurythmics, and Barry's like they're good, um, but that was really good. Oh, by the way, sorry, I skipped the musical guests on this. You skipped them. For, Wow, was that yeah. revenge for me oh, skipping them all these years? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, then we had a Gilda Radner package, I think, or I've just written her down. At this point, um, you've watched quite a few yeah. packages, quite a few highlights. You've been, from your scepticism with the Bill Murray, you've been won over and you're getting the format of the show and you're like, okay, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm getting through yeah. it. Um, then we had this funny interaction between Lorne Michaels and a guy at well, Mike Myers. Powers. Mike Myers, yeah. um, Doctor Evil was Lorne no, Michaels. Did I, you? Were you not? I had, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea, and it was done really well yeah. because Lorne Michaels does sound like Doctor Evil, um, mm. and basically, yeah. Sorry, the, the whole sketch thing is that it's nineteen ninety nine. Austin Powers has come yeah. out, um, and Lorne Michaels, who is the creator of Saturday Night Live, is, is speaking to Mike Myers, who was a actor and cast member of Saturday Night Live, saying, "You didn't have to base Doctor Evil on me." And they're having this whole interaction, and the more and more it goes on, the more and more le- Lorne Michaels leans into the doctor evil bit yes. um, which was quite quite really funny. good stuff lorne um, michael's poking fun at himself 
I mean, it's such a hack for anyone um, really powerful. Just poke fun at yourself. The people fucking love it. I'm out here like, look, mm-hmm. he did the Dr. Evil sort of funny thing with his yeah. finger at the end and a little mini me, Lorne Michaels, came in. I rate him for that. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I do want to say the, the package you got with Martin Short and the boys, they did a bit of Three yeah. Amigos action. Were you ever a Three Amigos guy? Nope. Uh, good to note that for future pictures. But yeah, I think the Martin Short <laughs> era was like one of the toughest eras critically and commercially. And I don't know if you could tell, but like it does seem almost like non SNL y. It almost seems like a different sketch show. I don't know if ever yeah. you saw a package and you're like, these, some of these sketches are too weird. But um, the Martin Short era. I don't know. Was... We've got some weird shit at the moment. This is true. There's a lot of weird shit at the moment. Um, yeah. Was that was that the package where Chevy Chase came out dressed? Yeah. Up, yeah. The, the, Martin the, Short the and Steve didn't. Martin did not. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Um, yeah, it was. It cute. was fine. Do you think I got to the point where I was like, I could make a note of every single sketch I see, yeah. but then my notes would be longer than the show that you guys <laughs> yeah. consume. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I've written down Michael Douglas needle in the eye, and I can't remember why or what for. Michael Douglas um, needle in the eye. Like a needle in the no eye. I do why I've written that. I've also written I've watched Mike this enough Lef- that if that was a joke, I should remember it and it'll probably come to me later. So clearly I've missed it and you've missed <laughs> it too. I've got Mike Letters monologue written down. Mike. Is that Mike Myers? Maybe Mike's Mike's monologue was really good. Um Yeah. Again, talking about being a new cast member when Dana Carvey that to me does seem like a golden that was era. That, Dana yeah, Carvey. I think, Phil I, think he, I think he had a great he had a great joke of sort of I think I think the joke was that so he said, oh, sometimes you're a fresh-faced yeah. person and you come into the cast and then uh, you're all nervous and this, that and the other and then you become established and these other people come in yeah. and they're fresh-faced just like you were and then you realise that your job now is to destroy Yeah, to them. destroy them. <laughs> I think that was his funny That was his funny. funny. And it was funny. Dude, and then we got hu- can we just gone. say, because a lot of this is like ageing in an interesting way. So Eddie Murphy does yeah. show up many, many, many years later but like a big joke of the evening is how many highlights they show of Eddie Murphy throughout and he's not there. Norm mm. Norm McDonald later on makes a joke about how he's going to go to Eddie Murphy's party and whatever. Um, yeah. But he's aged kind of funny just because like he does these really weird straight to video equivalent movies these days that no one really gives a shit about. Doesn't seem quite as mm. on fire the funniest guy in the world like he used to be on SNL. Um, another weird one is to me Mike Myers. He used to in this mm. 1999 he was the fucking man. Austin Powers had just come out. Shrek just mm. right around the corner like. Where'd our guy go? He, I, he wasn't like my favorite favorite, but I, his his movies gave me the gig. There was back a proper in the day. Like B movie he? that he did. Um, there was a B movie he did back in the day, which I still thought was brilliant. Which Master is like of my ex wife's an axe. My ex wife is an axe murderer. Or something oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was back. That was in the eighties, right? Really? <laughs> I think so. I think super or early nineties at least. But yeah, I just I yeah. think come back, Mike Myers. We still love you. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, he introduced the highlights package of 85 yep. to 90, of which he said that in the later clips, he's a fresh-faced young person because he joined fresh right faced in the Fresh-faced lad. Then we got a Phil Hartman tribute. Uh, was this the uh, weird song that I did not get? Probably, because it was, it was quite a, you know, dream of me. It was like, it's yeah, very much I, an old movie sort of tribute more than a comedy sketch, but it had him and I think Jan Hooks just doing an old mm. movie sort of dream. And if you had an emotional connection mm. to Phil Hartman, uh, that, yeah. that hits. It's very sad that he passed so early and that the cast all stood there and paid tribute. And he was mm. clearly the captain of that locker room, so to speak. He was on the show for so many years and just like mm. the utility player, as they call the, the any sketch comedian who can just do anything, play the straight man, play the, the crazy guy, whatever is required. And it was just very moving, I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we got a very, 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 uh, probably the youngest Jimmy Fallon I've ever seen. Oh, mate. So um, young. Fresh out of the womb. He looks so young. <laughs> crazy. He could barely <laughs> and he maintain eye contact with the camera. It was crazy. Hey, uh, yeah. here's, here's a few clips from the 90s, like my cast. I was like, bro, look at the cat. <laughs> You're being scruffy just standing there. Like, get it together. <laughs> Tuck your shirt in. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, he introduced like a behind the scenes package, which was quite fun. Yeah, Always fun behind stuff. the scenes SNL is brilliant. Agreed. Um, because it's just absolute chaos. Hey, for don't give me ideas for future pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Adam Sandler came out. Oh, my favorite. And he had his own little monologue thing. Yeah. And I thought, actually, I keep saying, I th- I did like, yeah. maybe because I've watched it in three different episodes in my yes. head, the, 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 the jokes from the start. Uh, seem different but his little joke about he comes out and he's really awkward and doesn't know how to talk and he basically says that people think he's funny but it's mainly because of the writers so then the three writers come out and they just keep whispering in his ear things to say and it's it's a good bit it's good it's kind of funny yeah 
um, and we had fun with that. Um, I thought before gone. the writers came out, it was actually even funnier. I thought the writers were good, and that was a good they bit. Ruin it. They didn't ruin it, no. But I just thought him standing there awkwardly saying, he just kept saying like, "Lots of good times, funny, funny, th- yeah. funny things." I thought just doing yeah, a minute of that, show, yeah, just having a blast, <laughs> having a blast. Yeah. I just thought he was nailing it. I just think he's he's got, and it's you know, borne out to this day in his amazing career and whatever. But like, he's just got such a weird, unique charisma. Adam Sandler, because like yeah. he doesn't leap off as like the most I handsome. Watched, I told you, I watched a Sandler Aniston movie from 2011, and he won me over. Dude, you, you <laughs> did. I don't know how he did you it. You did, but uh, the the problem with it was you're still referring to it as the Sandler Aniston 2011 movie. Tell me your title. <laughs> don't make me go on Wikipedia for some, your own pictures. Some he plays a plastic surgeon. Very good. So back to the show. <laughs> um, then we got clips from 90 to 95, um, and there was a clip called. There was a clip about a show, or sorry, there was a clip which um, was the sketch was a show called Massive Head Wound Harry, (laughs) which which is basically a guy with a giant head wound. um, Which that made me laugh so much that I actually wrote down a clip from the highlights package of clips. Um, Then there was a a Chris Farley Paul McCartney sketch, which is brilliant. Um, And this was the Chris Farley tribute. Yeah, because I think the guy who someone someone came David out. David Spade, his bestie. Yeah. David, David Spade. Spade yeah. No? yeah, yeah, totally. It was his bestie, David Spade. Okay, yeah. David Spade came out and introduced like his favorite Chris Farley because Chris Farley, someone else who passed yes. away, um, and it's just a really awkward interview yeah. between Chris Farley and Paul McCartney, and he just sort of goes, "Remember that? Remember when you were in the Beatles, dude?" And that that yeah. to me is one of the most famous like overplayed SNL sketches that back in the day I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." In the context of this rewatch and now being a bit older, yeah. I found it to be one of the most amazing sketch moments ever. Yeah. It was so good. Um, David Spade didn't do great with the audience from what I could tell. And for me, yeah, he had this segment on Weekend Update called the Hollywood Minute or something, but it was just pure fucking bitchiness. And the few clips they showed from it, him having a go mm. at Madonna, Michael Jackson, whatever, um, those for me anyway personally and I really like David Spade but like those aged the worst because it's literally just like like real cruelty without any humorous other angle yeah. to it and it just it, that those it's like when does a joke become a roast and when does a roast become just being exactly and exactly and yeah. he quite famously was you know when he used to do that segment was in around Hollywood like not everyone's favorite person and I could kind of see why um but yeah so does, does this when it got to the 90s because for me it's like oh this is sort of my time now did it remind you mm. similarly like oh Will Ferrell's here now like this I, is my era thing is i don't i don't count that as my time oh, okay I, I only what i watch those clips through you yep. probably yep. um and even the 2000s my time for me is when i've been most invested in saturday night live is probably the last five yeah that's true 10 years where yeah. i've been watching it regularly so like these cast members are my my people when we've always talked about people have different periods yes. of snl who their cast members are um after that, we got Beastie Boys and Costello. Was it Elvis? It Costello? was. It was indeed. I found this really fun. And I wrote Sure dot 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 and dot dot dot. Dude, skip. Sure, um, Sure dot dot dot. I have never seen a musical performance start with someone's signature song, get almost wrestling interrupted, and then they do another song. That was fun. And I skipped. Yeah, fair enough. I was enjoying the Beastie Boys. <laughs> The Beastie Boys like, were going to no, play Sabotage. Don't interrupt the Beastie Boys. I've never seen the Beastie Boys play guitar. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That was. A... I was like, I'm, I'm here for this. They still, oh, great. they were Costello's a really good. Who's someone? They were a really good yeah. backing band for Costello. They played his song Radio Radio. Do go back one day. It's really good. But then, yeah. Then we got Weekend Update highlights, which was some of your fun favorite stuff. Watching, watching topical jokes about stuff you don't know about. <laughs> um, although. Norm Macdonald oh, my guy. was wonderful yeah. in any of his little clips. I thought it was funny. Then then you realise why Chevy Chase got cancelled because he joked about <laughs> being able to do a little monologue about not wearing pants behind the Weekend Update yeah. desk. And I was like, right, well done, Chevy. Yeah. Um, then Norm turned up in person uh, and just walked awkwardly in and then walked awkwardly away yeah. and said funny stuff, which is great. Yeah. Um, I've written down Iraqi Pete. Is that okay? Are we allowed to have... <laughs> Someone dressed Dude, I think up as that Iraqi was Pete anymore. Yeah, I think there was a there was like a um, the nineties. They had a Bill Clinton sketch. Daryl Hammond as Bill Clinton and Will Ferrell as mm. um, Saddam Hussein. And they were on a three way call with um, Monica Lewinsky. There was a lot of topical, like wow, like yeah. And you can get that from w- what we see today. Exactly, in those, totally in the in the Trump sketches, and it's very similar sort of stuff. Having been a big um, watcher of this, 
over and over and not watched it again for years. I will say one of my takeaways as you come to the end there was that it didn't really climax. It just sort of ended. No. Like, yeah, had, that was weird. They had a, right? It just had another package and then it was suddenly the end of the show. And I wonder if your experience felt the same. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I think that that package finished. Um, I saw a clip with Norm's brother, Gary McDonald, which I thought was yeah. funny. Um, Shout out David Kepner. We got, yeah, we got... So how it ended was so weird to yeah, me. So yeah. <laughs> um, we, we had an Alec Baldwin little monologue. Yeah. Um, then... Lorne, a Lorne Michaels cartoon. Yep. Saturday TV Fud House. TV Fud House. Is, was that a regular yeah. thing? Was it yeah. just for this? I was very confused. A regular thing, but a special episode for this. Yeah. Um, then we had a, a clucking chicken commercial. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> which, I mean, anyone wonders why you should be vegetarian, just watch that commercial. Um, How did you feel about Oops, I Cracked My and, Pants? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. So I've written. Uh, Yes, we had a Hans and Franz story. That that um, being the closer, I feel like, or close to the closer, was very odd. I do not yeah. need that much. Hans and Paranoid Android played during <gasps> it was also yeah. very odd. <laughs> um, yeah, there was the piano bit from Paranoid Android, or not the piano bit. It was the, the rain down, the rain bit. down bit rather. Yeah. Um, and then we and then I've written Garrett Morris. Um, yeah, another cast member who they paid tribute <gasps> oh, to. Yeah, sorry, love that guy. Yeah. No, he is, they didn't pay tribute. He was there. Oh, sorry, the black gentleman who was doing the the hard for hearing captions, yes, just screaming. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I I wrote I wrote it down because I watched him on Two Broke Girls. Oh no way! Which is the sitcom He's still from going. Like the twenty tens. He was, but wow. might be. I think that was probably my highlight of the Bill Murray bit that he did it again. He he, he seems so fun and awesome. Um, yeah, and then we then there was music and a cast photo or something and it kind of just petered out and it ended. did peter out and i think the hans and franz thing you just isolated for me is that was one of the weirder like to give pre- airtime is precious even for two hours for yeah it was just a really way too long sketch again maybe if you'd grown up with those two it might have been like your favorite fucking shit i don't know but for me as a kevin nealon and dana carvey fan i don't really I, hans and franz could have been a three second thing it's quite an interesting yeah. thing of how much you have to choose to give that much time to because a lot of stuff was three seconds like Will Ferrell's The Cheerleaders. Um, mm. Chris Kattan gets a lot of airplay for the 90s when he's not really as remembered. Like, he was like, from the clips in this show, he might as well have been a bigger star than Fallon or Ferrell because he's like three or four big characters who got lots and lots of airtime. So it is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, it sounds like you enjoyed a lot. It was just it was just a lot. It was just a, bloated, was a bloated show. Really, yeah. But hey... I, I occasionally... I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the listener listening to the notes uh, completely gets that. Um, I, as someone who watches SNL with you all the time, thought it would be a nice a nice window, but I also see it was a very problematic window in some ways too, so don't get me wrong. My guesses for your scores were similar to me, a nice, a nice two to open up, because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not actually something you hate. It's just... Uh, uh, a thing you love, put in the form and, and running time of something you hate. So still a, a two. And then I think you were, mm-hmm. I think you were during, if it wasn't just so damn long, every time you finished watching a part of it, I think you would were happy with it. But then you just had more to watch. So I think you evened out a three. And then afterwards, mm. I think I've been too optimistic, but I think you, you were like, you know what, Jeff, that was some good homework for my SNL fandom. Thanks, man. That's a four in retrospect. What are you saying? We got a draw today. No! What was I wrong yeah. on? That a retrospect? It's two, two, three, three. Wait. Oh, two, three, three. Oh, I got too ambitious at the four, end. Two, three, three. Yeah. I, it's not like, yeah. as a thing in itself. Yeah. I hear you. It's not great. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's like a but you said... season clip show. It's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The bits I liked are the bits that, you know yeah i hate there was so i mean some of some of the monologues were good but yeah. that didn't make up for the rest <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you that's yeah. actually very very fair review very fair scoring um fun thank fun you f- i'm glad you do agree with me no eventually. i do like i get it because i i really adore it and it's one of those things i adore then i was as i was watching it i was like oh this is a bumpy ride <laughs> It's like it is what it is but i i just think as snl people it's a bumpy ride you have to take at some point so i'm glad you took your medicine at the end and uh i don't know uh, i think it's a good question it, would you say to someone else who's getting into snl 
they they should watch that or do you think it's a bit much no just watch now just if you if just genuine because no, what we love snl yeah. for is it's it's the time and the moment and the cast see, members we have now see that and that's where i think that is where we differ because i think that literally is the shortcut version of catching up on 25 years is that two hour 41 minute special and you are caught up because the reason for me no but i wouldn't i, I, I yeah, think go people for need to get the context of snl first before you just throw that at them oh totally totally yeah that and that, that yeah that's that's kind of where my yeah you're saying if you're not enjoying it with the current context why would you even go back and do this homework that isn't going to be enjoyable um yeah yeah and i'm like okay if you're enjoying it this will show you why it's amazing it's still going 50 years later this is what it used to be like i don't know it's an interesting one it's even like you know speaking of football earlier as a fan of your football club if it was available would you watch like a really in-depth three-hour documentary on your club's early history to feel a bit more linked to the history sometimes i think i am that guy and i would if you're a big fan of bob dylan would you just go watch all the scorsese uh, yes you <laughs> would well if you're one of exactly. us you would yeah so speaking of I, I i just i just have my brother in my head yes who enjoys snl right by catching up on youtube clips and stuff like that this is such a valid yeah. way as well don't get me wrong don't get me yeah. wrong you don't need to do but hey so here's our compromise i guess mm. is there one historical sketch in the 25th anniversary that would pop your brother that you'd send to him because if so i think that's a nice maybe he doesn't want to have to watch the whole thing but for me it's like mm. almost like a now you have a selection of the older sketches you're a bit more aware of um and i just wonder i think even a new fan could be like wow even 50 years ago they were like popping each other um and um I'm probably gonna have to go back and watch. Yeah, it. but you know what I mean. For as an example, <laughs> as an example, I think now yeah, yeah. we could uh, highlight uh, a sketch. I because th- that's another thing. I felt like I was left out of the joke of a lot of it, and that's probably that's another reason true. why my score is, is 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 not higher than a three. Because I was like, I'm missing the context of a lot of these sketches. Yeah. Hey, dude, when you put- people are probably watching and going, it's like when you have like by the end of friends when they do the clip show yeah. they literally just cut to joey with a turkey on his yeah head. And, y- and they don't even they don't they, 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 they don't give you the lead that's up so the context true. of that because everyone knows that joey got a turkey that's so head. true so and- where a clip show or a celebration stands in terms of you're probably celebrating the people who have invested all that time but with mm. your airtime and special nature part of you almost wants to show off how special it is to be part of this club so let's get some new yeah. fans so it's such an interesting line they have to straddle where it's like yes you're left out of the joke but like find it appealing enough to get excited anyway yeah. it's like it's a really interesting thing but i totally rate um another fan's way of just like yeah snl clips on youtube from the current day incarnation totally um because you can, you can literally watch this the show the next day by just going through them all because they're all there everything true. from yeah um but and listen, we were both one off and it's a draw this week. It's a good way to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. My pitch for you this week, Mr. Anousis, is you're like, hey, what happened? He's going straight out of the game. What happened, to, coming at me. what happened to just, you know, interesting stuff and taking me here or there and new stuff? It's just the same old, same old. And that, that point was hit with such ferocity. He's crossing his fingers. Something, something from the last two years. Something from the last two years. Something from the last two years, <laughs> something from the last two years is what he wants. And something from the last two years is what he gets. Because occasionally you're more caught up with the newer shit than even me. You might have already watched this. But I am going back to what was the other option when I did eventually pitch the SNL anniversary for Christmas for our first pitch of 2024, Mr. Anusis. A new Netflix film, Leave the World Behind, is your pitch. Ooh. Mike, drop. Have you heard of it? Do you know anything about it? Is this it? the Julia Roberts? This is one? indeed the one she went on Graham Norton to chat about. Interesting. Very. I heard some mixed reviews of this over the Christmas Ooh. table. So now I'm going to have to have my <laughs> own opinion. <laughs> did Did everyone else's mixed reviews come on podcasts, or now you can just sorry? Now you can do a thing if they mm. if you heard these reviews via family members and friends. Yeah. In conversation. Now you can just tell them to listen to my circle back round. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yep. I'm done. It works. I'm done. It works I'm done engaging with you. One of the them holidays. may be the new listener. <laughs> let's 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 uh, look forward to that in our next episode. What are you pitching me, my friend? I'm even more up to date than you. Oh, mate. What? But this is because so up to what's date. more. What's more polarizing and can give you weird things about should be cancelled, shouldn't be cancelled. Who's probably. Oh someone that i valued very highly Ooh. and then very quickly now oh. 
think doesn't know how to be funny anymore. You're not pitching Ricky what's Gervais, are you? Just, what's recently just come out as a Netflix special. Not Ricky. Basically, if people like it, I then question their own judgment. Never, <laughs> never. I, there was never going to be a day before you get say it. I've, I've on record. There was never be a day Ricky Gervais will be pitched on this show. I've said it. Is today that day? Today's that. Oh day. my god. Because I want to basically. I haven't watched it. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> but I kind of want to watch it because I hated his last one so much right. that I genuinely want to see if he's got any better. And you used to be a, a big fan. <laughs> I used to be a big fan. Yeah. I liked The Office. I liked Derek. Yeah. I liked Extras? a lot of stuff that he's done. I liked Extras. Extras was great. I have watched a season and a bit of Afterlife, I think. Ooh, okay. And I don't understand that someone who can have the same majority moral values that I do... Yeah be so off the mark with what he thinks he's doing in terms of his comedy at the moment Oof, by trying is, to be so is controversial this is, hey and I, have, I haven't watched this special yet let alone but him being find... controversial this is controversial I love it yeah <laughs> but we, we can rant about it yeah yeah, yeah yeah totally to, to, um, to, to put but... a capstone on what we were just talking about though I actually thought that when they cut from young Chevy to old Chevy and I was like mm. it's so funny how even in I get it in music and writing and film but even in comedy you can age out of your prime. It's quite interesting, mm. right? Because, you know, Chevy used to just be very, very, it shouldn't make a difference, but he was just a very handsome young man and really funny and seemed super non-problematic. And then suddenly it transitions to like crotchety, old, grumpy, snipey, snappy. We've heard all this stuff about him making problematic the jokes. Chevy. The character he played in Community, exactly. but he probably didn't realise <laughs> he was playing a character. So it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm here for looking at that more in depth because for me, I've never been the biggest Ricky stan, but from the outside, it makes me sad how his fans feel quite let down. And yeah, let's, let's get into it next week. Tune in next week for all the up-to-date controversy of the film and comedy world, ladies and gentlemen. For now, if... I still have a cold at the start of next week. We might have to start moving that uh, second January of the month uh, pause to another another time. But hopefully not because we're, we're back on our regularly scheduled programming and scheduling. We love being back for you. We love being back together talking all the things. Now this is the end. This is the bit where I say goodbye. And he says take care. So goodbye. And take care. If you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak the microphones bleed because they're so cheap we're sorry to your ears if you don't like the intro or the bit in the middle of this outro or if you don't like the whole show question why were you here if you don't like the podcast if you think we both speak too fast too many tangents never stay on task pick up a book instead if you don't like what we recommend if your patience wears thin towards the end if you think you could do better with your friend please go ahead if you don't like this content or like me the word content then please go be more content and never listen to us again